Lord, you're clearly here this morning. And I thank you, Lord, that as I share what you've put on my heart, that you will continue to speak to my heart and to the heart of everybody, Lord, that you would anoint these words. Lord, in the power of your name. Amen. <clears throat> and I'm actually quite nervous about this message. And I'm very glad that I'm very glad that I'm sitting down and not standing up. It's a sort of uh, elephant in the room type message. And I had quite a struggle even deciding whether or not I would share what I felt the Lord was really asking me to share. So it's been a bit of a challenge. And I take James 3 verse 1 very seriously. And it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that those who teach will be judged more strictly. And my prayer is Psalm 141 verse 3, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. So fasten your seatbelts. This might be a bit rough. <laughs> I'm not joking. Nervous laughter. Yeah. <laughs> the expression unprecedented times has become something of a cliché. Maybe, too, much that has up till now just been doctrine has actually become a reality. And it's no exaggeration to say that the world is literally being run by evil powers sold out to the devil, bent on destruction of all that is good and godly. There is no singular, particularly bad or horrible issue. Every aspect of life is now affected by particularly bad and horrible happenings. I find it especially hard to actually grasp just how awful things are. I'm not trying to be dramatic, believe me. I am not trying to be dramatic. Let me say right at the start that my focus, and I trust that your focus, is on the Lord Jesus Christ and the sovereignty of the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Amen. I'm encouraged by remembering Caleb from Numbers 13. He acknowledged that there were powerful giants in the land. But rather than succumbing to fear, he boldly said, let's go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. The kingdom of God is not advanced by giving credit to the enemy, but by the spreading of good news. Jesus is Lord. All authority in heaven and on earth is his. That has got to be our focus. But let's look at Paul's letter to the Ephesians for some basic guidance here. Ephesians 5, verse 8 to 16. He says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. 
That's why it's said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will rise on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. How true. The Apostle Peter also, in 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Now, every time I pick up the Bible these days and read the Psalms or read some of these things, I'm thinking, those men were talking about today. It has suddenly become so incredibly relevant. It's exactly what's going on in the world. Christians are being persecuted in ways we never thought of before. The intensity is rising. Preaching the gospel is hate speech. Do you remember that teenager at Pakaringa College recently? He was sharing the gospel with his mates in the paddock. Severely disciplined. I don't know whether he was expelled or not, but they certainly wanted to. Isn't that, they, isn't that they put him down. Put him down. I'm sorry. They stood him down. Isn't that disgusting? <laughs> it's my belief that we need to be aware of the specifics to the extent that we can actually pray intelligently, building up our faith and our confidence in the Lord. Many of you actually know a whole lot more about the world situation and the horrors of it than I do. It may also be that some of us don't really know anything at all. My earnest and heartfelt prayer is that what I share will actually bless you and inform you so that you pray with wisdom and understanding. Let the Holy Spirit have complete freedom to open your heart to what he wants you to understand. First of all, a bit of a confession. I consider myself a fairly typical Kiwi, which may or may not be a good thing. (laughs) Consciously or unconsciously, I have absorbed the she'll be right approach to life. And that might sound okay, but in reality there is a very powerful spirit of apathy that holds New Zealand in its thrall. And only recently have I come to realise the truly destructive power of that spirit. Furthermore, because geographically we are at the ends of the earth, we can slip into the subtly seductive lie that we're somehow sheltered from what's going on around the world. Not true. Not true. Especially not true now, today, 2023. New Zealand is just as deeply involved in the globalist agenda as any other country in the world, and in some respects, maybe even more so than others. Our current and former PMs were both trained and primed for their role by the World Economic Forum. Chances are are that our elections have not been honest. Only days ago, the New Zealand Prime Minister was in Beijing meeting with the Chinese President and with Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum and delighting in being there. 
Sorry, I'm being very sarcastic. No, I'm We are, in fact, in New Zealand, we are probably one of the most regulated and controlled countries in the world. Yeah. Our isolation makes us an ideal country for experimentation. How do we resist? <clears throat> Clearly, we use the powerful weapon of prayer and, as Paul said, expose. When evil is brought to the light, it is shattered and it loses all power to create fear and confusion. This is not the time to have our heads in the sand, as it were, to rest in the she'll be right mate because she is not right anymore. Nor is it appropriate to major our attention on the evil being perpetrated. However, there is truth in the the adage that knowledge is power. And as Paul wrote, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds, but rather expose them. So to expose, we must know something about what's happening, however distasteful that might be. I might say I find comfort in a strange way that these horrors are actually being exposed because it says God's on the move. Mm, God is definitely on the move and the devil is on the run. And so he's fighting. You are probably aware of the resignations recently in the New Zealand government. Just one little sign that things are happening. The devil's getting desperate. Things are not working out the way he planned they should. And things always get worse. The devil launches a last-minute offensive to try and take a stand, but the truth is he loses big time. Hallelujah. He loses big time. Jesus is victorious, and nothing will stop his purposes being fulfilled. Now, the situation in the world world currently is in is not new. It started in the Garden of Eden. When Satan realised that God's creature, mankind, was particularly precious to him. And immediately, Satan gave way to evil pride and set out to destroy. Now, if you want some details, read Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. Mankind's history is a catalogue of the devil's destructive plans and the Lord's redemption and protection of his people the outworking of his plans and purposes. Remember what Jesus himself said in John 10. Very, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. And verse 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. However, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And there's the difference. Destruction versus fullness of life. Now what is new, for you and me anyway, is that we are experiencing such extraordinary levels of evil, such as we have never been aware of in our entire lifetime. What the United Nations, the World Health Organization or the World Economic Forum are doing, and in fact what our own government has done and continues to do, can actually sound like science fiction. It can sound like vivid imagination because it's so awful. And it's so violently opposite to the fullness of life that Jesus offers. In the last year or so, I've found myself using words like foul 
and vile in ways that are completely foreign to me. In fact, at times my horror at what I discover is so great I don't even have words to make a response. The overarching theme, if you will, is destruction of life. Mm, It seems ridiculous and outrageous and impossible, but sadly, it's true. And this is where things may heat up a little bit. Seatbelts tight. I take my permission, if you will, from the brief conversation we had at the start of our service a few weeks ago, Robbie, it's your fault, you started. (laughs) And from personal conversations with several of you. In short, to expose means we must know what to expose. Yes. I offer sincere apologies to anyone who might be offended, but I don't apologise for obeying the Lord. It all goes back to the Garden of Eden, just as I mentioned. The devil's deliberate scheme to destroy. There isn't time, nor is it appropriate, to delve into the history of wars, political and financial corruption over the centuries, maybe millennia. But be assured that what we see today is not new. It may look different, but there's nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 9. Just listen to these words. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. The devil isn't very creative. He just keeps doing the same thing all the time. (laughs) There is nothing new under the sun. Suddenly, or so it seems, every aspect of our life is subject to the works of darkness. From the air we breathe to the food on our table, literally. Evil plots and wicked schemes are at work. As I said earlier, I've had a huge struggle preparing this message because I don't want to settle for generalities. Yet because there is so much, it's impossible to be specific to any manageable degree. For instance, what we are currently experiencing with gender identity transgender issues and the sexualization of our children is only a very small tip of an absolutely vast iceberg of pedophilia, child trafficking and other practices that are so vile I can't say them to you. And they're being perpetrated by world leaders, church leaders Prominent people who present a profile of decency and care towards their people. And sadly, this is not a matter of isolated individuals. It's widespread rottenness across the world, including New Zealand. Now, just on Thursday, I had a message from the national president of a globe who had been to a prayer meeting with a group called Pastors in Ministry in Wellington. And they were basing their, their prayer thing around Isaiah 59, verse 14 and 15. So justice is driven back, and righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the street. Honesty cannot enter. Amen. Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. Yes. 
The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. Now that's Isaiah. He may well have been talking about Wellington, New Zealand. Auckland, New Zealand. This may shock some of you. But it's only one aspect among very, very many more that are gripping the world. It may well be difficult to hear and I may tread on some toes here. But my love for Jesus and my love for you just compels me. Be assured that even if your life has not been directly affected as yet, it surely will be. Yes, and in the very near future. In recent months, maybe over the last year, the Lord has clearly spoken to us in these services in prophetic words, urging us to draw close, stay close to him because difficult times are coming, challenging times are coming, sacrifices will be needed. Those were the Lord's words. We will need to be strong in our faith and our commitment to Jesus and to one another. There is no doubt whatsoever. This is global war. Truly global war. Foul evil set on the destruction of God's good creation. Yes. Now, as mentioned, I can't address every issue because literally every aspect of life is somehow affected. And within each issue, there are multiple layers of evil at work. However, I will share a sort of overview which hopefully will be helpful. Now, more specific issues, I've written out some some things here. If you want to take a page away, I've got a list of topics you may like to search out and then some suggestions of Christian sources that you can go to and and other um, internet connections. Now, at the end of the 20th century... Oh, sorry, what's happened? Oh, gone too far. (laughs) Thank you. Must have been pressing it without realising that I was. Okay, there we go. (laughs) Thank you. Right, start again. At the end of the 20th century, the United Nations published their agenda for the new century, and they called it Agenda 21. It was very clearly Global Agenda for World Control, and involved with it are phrases like one world government, new world order, great new set, you know, great reset, sustainability, blah, blah, blah. Now, there are two levels, if you will, of governance in the globalist cabal. One of them is the United Nations, the World Health Organization, and the World Economic Forum. And behind them are the major banking systems of the world, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, Bill Gates the Communist Party of China, financing the whole world. And the second layer is the federal government of the United States of America. The Bush family, the Clinton family, the Obamas, the Bidens. And again, I can't go into detail, particularly about the US government, but I must say two things about them. The United States presidential families I've just named practice abominable satanic rituals that involve blood sacrifices and multiple other horrors. Be assured they are not the only ones. Baal and Molech are back 
with a vengeance. And if you want some reading that will really stir you up, find books by Jonathan Kahn. Now his book, The Return of the Gods, is about Baal and Molech. Okay? Fundamentally, that when Jesus established the kingdom on earth, the powers of wickedness were driven back and kept back until only a few decades ago, when we threw God out of schools, we threw God out of Parliament, we threw God out of any any involvement in our life, and these fellas came screaming back. Amen. Came screaming back. <clears throat> there is also the situation, and some of you, um, depending on what you think about Mr. Trump, but Hillary Clinton expected to win the election in 2016 because she and all of her mates were going to bring in the New World Order then. But Mr Trump upset them because he won. And so their whole agenda was put back. And if Hillary Clinton had won that election, we we would be in a totally different situation from the one we are today. It's bad enough now. It would have been so much worse. And there are powerful prophetic voices who will claim that Donald Trump is God's Cyrus for today. Now, I won't say any more than that. You can search that one out for yourself. What is, this, what is Cyrus? Cyrus, Isaiah 45. Yeah. The King Cyrus, who moved into Babylon and who, who became... He wasn't a particularly nice man. <laughs> but he was God's man for the time. The temple. He was he was God's man for the time. Okay. The power of the globalists is unbelievably far-reaching, and it has been for centuries. And some of us are old enough to remember Barry Smith. <laughs> Dear old Barry, he knew what he was talking about. Amen. Yeah. And even Neville Johnson and Queen Street AOG, they talked about this stuff. Ah. <laughs> They tried to warn us. They tried to warn us about the Illuminati and the Masons and the Vatican. And there's mounting evidence emerging now that manipulation by powerful financial interests have actually controlled world events for centuries. Wars, famines. They're not acts of God. One major goal of the United States Nations Agenda 21 that I want to particularly mention this morning is the reduction of the world's population by a staggering 90% from approximately 7 billion to around 500 million. The goal is the destruction of humanity. The destruction of humanity. And the means of achieving it is worldwide tyranny and oppression at the hands of the globalist elite. This is the motive behind the destruction of farms, food sources, as well as the spread of diseases and bogus cures across the world, the development of artificial intelligence, and transhumanism, where authorities can literally control your thoughts with computer chips in your brain. And that is not a dream. 
It's possible it's now. It's already in yes. countries now. The horror of so-called 15-minute cities, which were described by one critic as urban concentration camps, which is exactly what they would be. Amen. Digital ID that will give government control of your finances, and if you don't spend your money the way they want you to, they will stop you even going from place to place. And ask a Chinese man or woman about that one. It's already happening in China. As I said, every aspect of life, from the air we breathe to the food on our table, Across the world, there have been multiple unexplained disasters. Food production facilities mysteriously burned down. We had a chicken factory here not far from Auckland just suddenly burned down. 75,000 hens just burned to death. Skyrocketing numbers of excess deaths. Major health issues suddenly afflicting healthy people. The aim is total, tyrannical government control of every aspect of life. The complete suppression of all personal freedoms, the removal of all personal ownership, and the banner, you will own nothing and be happy. Mm -hmm. Now if it weren't completely diabolical, it would be farcical. And it was during the recent COVID-19 period that many of these devilish schemes began to be exposed. And it must be said, to a very large extent, they've been successful. Fear, intimidation, and very clever propaganda have crushed so many of us into compliance. At the beginning of the COVID outbreak, every voice raised asking questions or challenging the official narrative was scorned as a conspiracy theorist. Today, the data that's emerged is proving that every one of those conspiracy theories was, in fact, the truth. Any questions about the validity of the so-called pandemic and the jab were immediately suppressed by cruel, destructive lockdowns. Every questioning voice silenced. Many countries, New Zealand included, have been financially and socially ruined. Businesses have been lost. Tens of thousands of small businesses in New Zealand have gone it's out. It's supposed to be 127,000. I wouldn't be surprised. Families have been divided. My own family's been divided. Some of you too, you've had family divisions because of all of this. And now the World Health Organization is setting out to have total control over the health system of every country in the world and under the guise of protecting us from future pandemics, which I have to say with a, <laughs> sounds incredibly cynical, but they will create another pandemic. Yes. They well, they They've got one already yeah. underway. They created it and they have a solution. Yeah. Have the solution before the, the, solution before before the, before the, the pandemic comes out. Yeah. For each of the multiple issues affecting us, there is a great amount of published research from reliable data, with reliable data, from eminent and honourable scholars and scientists whose voices have been mocked 
by authorities not wanting to be challenged. Any alternative media source still struggles to publish the truth. In New Zealand, as you know, the mainstream media were paid multiple millions just to spread the government message and nothing else. And as I began to write a list of all the vile things being perpetrated around the world and all the things that we in New Zealand have seen and experienced already, I was shocked. I was really shocked. What grieves me deeply is that the voice of the church, we who know the truth, has been silent. And I'm as guilty as anybody in that respect. One other issue that I'm compelled to address is the sheer, blatant blasphemy of the globalists. The hubris of these men is mind-boggling. It manifests in open displays of satanic worship. Think about the Commonwealth Games ceremony in England recently. The recent Grammy Awards in the USA. Now, some of us, Janet and Wendy and I, went to the uh, Family First conference last weekend, and uh, Bob McCosbury showed a few slides of things. And some of these ceremonies, these public award ceremonies, are so foul, I had to turn my face away. I couldn't look. They were just so foul. Sorry, I'm getting a bit worked up here. Pronouncements from the World Health Organization, World Health For no, World Economic Forum, and a man called Noah Harari. Now, if you get the chance to listen to a speech from this man, you'll know exactly what I mean. It's like listening to the devil himself. He has declared that Jesus' resurrection is fake news. He has declared that they can do a whole lot better than the God of the Bible who could only create leaves and giraffes and some human beings. <laughs> I'll feel sorry for him when he gets a judgment in the beginning. They, they <clears throat> intend to set artificial intelligence to write religious books so they're actually true. And they've set up an Ask Jesus AI website, which is thriving. It's thriving. Think about the verses that talk about even if it were possible, the elect would be deceived. It's very plausible, a lot of it. Now, I could go on and on. <laughs> but at this stage, I want to ground our understanding and our responses in the Word of God. Let the Word of God settle in our hearts. He is sovereign. And I declare to the powers of the air that no scheme of God, of man or devil will ever prevail against God. Amen. I declare that. Now, Proverbs 21. There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. The horse is made ready for the battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Amen. 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 Jesus warned us in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble. Take heart so that... <coughs> sorry, where am I? Take heart, I have overcome the world. And I remember listening to Robin Bullock once, and he said, you know, people say God's in control. He said, God's not in control. God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. 
God is sovereign and there's a difference. Human beings have free will to choose and to make decisions and to do things. God doesn't come down and manipulate you. He leaves you free to make your decision, but he's sovereign over it all. He's got it all in hand. We might not see how and where and when, but he has it all in hand. I have overcome the world, Jesus said. And I love Psalm 2. Do you like Psalm 2? I love Psalm 2. I love Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king in Zion, my holy mountain. And if you jump down to verse 10, it says, Therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss the son, or he will be angry, and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Isaiah 42 Seven times in that chapter, I am the Lord and there is no other. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord and, there is no other. and there is no other. Oh. Isaiah 46. Remember this, keep it in mind, take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come, and I say, this this bit I love, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. (laughs) And he keeps on going. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. And Hebrews 13, God said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? (laughs) Robbie, you have no idea how nervous I was about seeing you sitting there while I was talking like this. I had to banish fear and intimidation and all sorts of things. This man's going to throw me out. <laughs> I know I do, but that's, yeah, anyway. But now, it's all very well to call out this evil. But you may well ask, what now? It's a good question, eh? Maybe it will help if I mention that the title of next week's message is How Now Shall We Live? compliments of Francis Schaeffer (laughs) and as I sat by my fire last night, uh, the other night praying about this message the Lord reminded me of those two I did recently based around his question, what do you want me to do for you (coughs) only this time I felt quite strongly that question has to be turned around and we have to say Lord what do you want me to do for you? 
Now the thing is that it's not something you can ask casually because the Lord's going to answer. He's going to tell you. So we have to be ready to hear. And it really challenged me. I thought, am I ready to even ask him that question? What if he asks me to do something I don't want to do? What if he asks me to do something really scary? What if he asks me to do something that puts my livelihood at risk? What if he asks me to do something that means my friends and family will think I'm a nutcase? I think my sister already thinks I'm done. Yes. <laughs> I already do. That's done. What if he makes me ask me to do something that makes people really angry, and they reject me and scoff me, <clears throat> scoff at me? What if? It's possible. It's more than possible. So I really do have to ask myself, am I ready to ask that question of the Lord? What do you want me to do for you, Lord? So whatever's going on in my heart and in your heart, we can be assured that God's love for you and me does not change. And it never will. Never will. I'd like to finish by actually reading a prayer this time. And it comes from Dutch Sheets. And some of you will be familiar with this. Give him, give him 15 postings that he does every day, Monday to Friday. <clears throat> this one was on the 21st of June. Father, our prayer today is that we would be found faithful, worthy of the legacy left to us by Christ and those gone before us. May the Church of Jesus Christ in this nation find its voice again, releasing that voice with the thunderous strength and power of Holy Spirit. Rend the heavens and come down. Display your awesome strength and glory. Heal and restore this land regardless of what it takes. We will not fear the shaking, for your kingdom cannot be shaken. Give us the strategies we need with which to fulfill our role and the wisdom to implement them with your understanding and counsel. The greater one, Holy Spirit, is in us. We will listen to him. All this is for you, Father, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's finish by singing You Are My Hiding Place. Stand and sing. You are my hiding place. You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. You know, when things look bleak, we 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 don't we don't sit in fear. We don't have fear. Uh, that's why the Lord says so many times, "Do not fear. Amen. Do not be troubled." He said that to his disciples. 
um, as we heard earlier as well. So.